वेलकम टू सन टॉक सन टॉक इज अराउंड द टेबल टू डिस्कस द अनसर्टेंटी ऑफ एग्जिस्टेंस वी थिंक अबाउट एग्जिस्टेंस इन कॉन्शियसनेस core question is how can we be sure that we exist or that anything exists at all is there an independent i and where does certainty come from what is first person and third person consciousness what role does the fidelity of our senses play we likely to get into concepts like solipsism monism dualism qualia and others we'll try to understand the boundaries separating the living from the non-living and the existing from the non-existing we're pleased and privileged to have please and talk us around the table today professor bijoy borua who's a student and professor of philosophy is interested in the metaphysics of the self and philosophy of mind in general he is particularly interested in problems of aesthetics as linked to the philosophy of mind dr prayadarshi jaitley was retired from delhi university his areas of interest are plato history of logic and epistemology and dr deepak ranade who's a neurosurgeon and a thinker and a columnist and is deeply fascinated by consciousness and origin of life in general bijoy maybe we set the ball rolling with you um to understand conceptually um what existence is from a philosophical standpoint and what gives it the certainty um what is existence maybe we start with that and we'll set the ball rolling and discuss it around that the notion of existence is uh, somewhat ambiguous mm-hmm. because uh, i may talk about the existence of objects yeah. in physical space such as tables chairs or the sky mm-hmm. i may also talk about another kind of existence uh which may start from things like plants that have life yeah and other things like uh, uh flies and creatures including human beings yeah. who, who don't only have life but also consciousness yeah so life is different from consciousness uh well yeah, yeah. Th- there is yeah. a difference yeah but there is also some homogeneity because yeah uh, any conscious being has some life yeah but whether some lives uh, whether all lives are conscious conscious right. is 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 an open question yeah. although i think who was it satyan uh, bos satyan bos yeah uh, who plant who life thought plants also yeah. have life yeah uh, and, and, and of course plants have life but uh, they are also conscious in some sense right and that's a very S- hazy notion sentience i'm mean just Sent- a, sentience yes sentience yeah. yes yeah but i think uh, uh, here the crucial uh, question about existence is that if you take the case of a rock or a table mm-hmm. existing and the case of a human being uh, existing mm-hmm. where lies the difference because grammatically you're using the same predicate existence yeah, exist, of, of course of course of course uh, i think the difference can be articulated by reference to uh, that french philosopher novelist jean paul sartre's Sartre, distinction course. between thing in itself and yeah. thing for itself mm. uh, they both mm. are existence mm-hmm. uh, the table is a thing in, in itself, itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and i the human beings uh, we are things for ourselves mm-hmm. the difference is in itself means uh the being is just a being it's not a being for itself mm-hmm. it's not a being from its own point of view mm-hmm. the table table exists but it doesn't exist from the point of view of the table itself so it does not have a first person existence is that the point or it doesn't have a point of view it doesn't have a point yeah. of view right first first person is a point of view that's right that's right uh whereas that's right. you and i or a conscious creature mm-hmm. exists 
but exists not just as an item in reality, but also for itself, mm -hmm. from its own, what you call first-person point of view. So I think basically that's, that's the distinction to, to, to start with uh, in articulating conceptually uh, um, on uh, the notion of existence. And does that have to do with uh, conscious and consciousness in general? So when, when we're two years old, um, are we somewhere between the table and the human being? No, I think uh, the, the distinction is quite uh, a radical, an mm -hmm. absolute one. I mean, Just even a two-year-old mm -hmm. uh, conscious ch uh, baby or right. child right. Uh, has a point of view. Right. Uh, Right. Unlike the table, which doesn't have a point of view at all. Right. So just because the baby is very young it in its consciousness, to, not necessarily linked to the concept of memory. Uh, no, right. no. I think I think the basic point is that uh, um, uh, point about consciousness is that when the world impinges on consciousness, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have experiences. Right. Right. And the right. experiences come to you in the first personal way. And that's true even of the baby. That's beautiful. It yeah. comes in the first personal way. Right. It's just that the baby is not cognitively uh, adequate in order to articulate this, this, this first personal character of mm -hmm. his or her own experience. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think that's a good time to maybe jump to you, Pridashri, and if you, how do we think of this notion of certainty um, because we're talking about the certainty of existence um, just now. And how can we be certain that a table doesn't exist or is conscious in the manner that uh, Bijoy spoke about? What is certainty and how, how, does, how does one feel certain about something which is outside of oneself? Mm. Okay, I think first thing I would like to say might, might sound academic, but let's see if I can, is that uh, certainty is uh, an epistemic, uh, um, it's an epistemic concept. Right, so, right. So, uh, and you know, uh, one philosopher named Chisham, he defines certainty mm -hmm. as among all my beliefs, right. it is those set of beliefs Mm -hmm. that I have as much justification or more justification mm -hmm. than all the other beliefs. Okay. So, so, so that means every, every person mm -hmm. will have uh, uh, at least one certain belief. Okay. okay? Be because okay. It, it, the way it's defined, mm -hmm. it, it is that, that uh, one belief which is I have more justification for than the rest of the beliefs in my set. So, okay. so, 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 it, okay. so it's a, a, you know, a kind of a relativistic definition of, of, of certainty. Right. And, right. and so right. from that point of view, I was thinking of something like uh, if we look at uh, Descartes' Cogito, where, where we right. have, uh, uh, you know, uh, first we have the proposition, I think. Yeah. And then the conclusion from that is that I exist. Right. Right now, now uh, so one may uh, wonder uh, whether which one is more certain, right? Yeah. Since he starts from I think, so it yeah. seems like how can you, know, you be sure it, that you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the certainty is being transferred from thinking to existence. Correct. So he's not starting with existence, starting with thinking, and then that's being transferred to uh, to uh, to to existence. Right. You see. Right. So so, right. so now if you apply uh, Chisholm's definition to that. Mm -hmm. I may mm -hmm. be certain that I'm thinking, mm -hmm. but I may not be certain that I exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's an inference. So the certainty right. of so thinking the, the, the is greater The degree than of certainty would be lower. So if you, you, you think of certainty as a matter of degree, right. then right. the degree of certainty may be lower uh, for, for, uh, for the proposition that I exist and, and greater for the proposition that I'm thinking, right? Right, 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 or, right. Or, or right. I am, I am, you know, uh, giving this argument. <laughs> so that is more certain that I'm giving the argument than that I actually exist. You know. Right, right, right. But, uh, Deepak, how do you think of that? Because I mean, if, if one is dreaming or if one is in in a state which which isn't the state of wakefulness, at least the way we we think of it when we are awake, um, we probably are thinking when we are asleep and yeah, dreaming. Yeah. Um, 
and but that in no way uh, makes makes the certainty of that world mm. any higher i mean what what is a neurological neuroscience standpoint or viewpoint on consciousness and existence in general and we'll link it up to other concepts thereafter <clears throat> i think there's one fundamental difference between that i'd like to see if i would like the other panelists to also think about is that is there any difference between consciousness and awareness right these right. are two two issues which have to be looked at differently okay because probably like professor barrow was talking about plants being uh, conscious or whether that they are it could be well possible that they have they have a consciousness and there could be a hierarchy of consciousness also which need not make consciousness as an all or none phenomenon either it is there or it is not there you think that could be a continuum it could be a hierarchy it could be stratified it could be right. levels of consciousness mm. that's mm. one uh, mm. point that i think could be uh, we should deliberate on and the other uh, important thing that i'd like to introduce as a thought is that there is this um, godel's theorem of incompleteness yeah yeah now this godel's theorem i i'm sure I, yeah. if you've heard of it the way i interpret it because i think it's a largely a matter of subject matter of interpretation yeah but uh, from my perspective the way i look at it is that till as such time that you are part of a system yeah you cannot understand the system yeah so if i am trying to look for a fundamental answer as to what is existence or do we really exist i might not be able to get a satisfactory answer till such time that i am part of the system so higher order thinking is required you yeah so either you have to get right. out of the system mm -hmm. to really be able to comment mm -hmm. because even in quantum physics probably it is amply proven now that the observer is as much a part of the experiment as the experiment right so right. if i have to get an objective answer to this as to whether i really exist or not mm -hmm. one of the preconditions for me to make a valid rational and correct assessment is that i have to exit from this system mm -hmm. otherwise i am in no position to come to any rational conclusion till such time that i am part of the system mm -hmm. this is one very important uh, uh, constituent that i feel but and deepak how how is if how is a human consciousness or awareness any yeah. different from let's say a bat existing uh are you talking about the bat's consciousness or the bat's existence both uh it's like uh i have a i do would, would that be a hierarchy what exactly is the hierarchy that yeah hierarchy to? as in like uh, for example now if uh, like professor barua said that they have been able to record uh, elect uh, electrical impulses from a plant plants yes and once they have done an experiment where they got a person to pluck a leaf of a plant right and when they collect it to something like a polygraph right. when that person comes in the vicinity that polygraph starts showing spikes right which right. which means that that plant is also has got a consciousness right so then right. But, but we have no method of kind of scaling or measuring or having any kind of a device that can measure consciousness or the degree of consciousness yeah. Yeah. and to the extent i would say that when we talk of inanimate objects also like probably a stone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we are trying to see use parameters of whether the stone is reacting to me or not right. and on the basis of that we conclude that it is inanimate because it does not fit into the yardsticks or parameters of what we define as being conscious or what we define as being animate yeah but we are still looking at it from a human lifespan of about 80 70 80 years yeah. so we may not yeah. have sufficient enough time and sufficient enough equipment and or sufficient enough parameters to really assess the consciousness of the so called inanimate objects so the rock may be asleep in its own geological it, it life could have a, yeah it could have its own <laughs> lifespan which right. we we are unaware of yeah so yeah. Th that is also one important thing and another very important point i'd like to uh, share with you all and as, as panelists is that since uh, uh, dr saab is uh, from epistemology i i have a feeling that we have got so much into the mindset of a cause effect kind of a paradigm to uh, to think about for every mm -hmm. single thing because we are students of science right uh, right right i think that it would be it has helped me a great deal to try to look at the entire creation or manifestation as an emergence rather than a creation Mm -hmm. and an emergence mm -hmm. in consciousness because even the anthropic principle suggests that the end point of the whole objective of creation is that there has to be some conscious observer who would recognize its existence mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if it is 
something some kind of a consciousness which is the uh, the prima facie a priori the consciousness is a priori into which this is a projection then the entire creation or what a objective creation or the manifest creation that we right, see right. may just be an emergence into the screen of consciousness and what is a priori is just plain consciousness right bijay what do you what do you What do you say to that? Is consciousness a priori? Is existence a priori? I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. a billion-dollar question. We fully realize yes. that. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, Doctor Anand is reference to the the immeasurability of consciousness right. against uh, all our causal uh, explanation of, uh, of of reality is right. a very important point, and that. immeasurability mm-hmm. uh, becomes a reason for mystery yes right and uh, i think uh, uh, in 1982 there was this uh, great magazine called discover which had which had mentioned 10 uh, greatest mysteries of uh, uh, modern science mm-hmm. and what is consciousness was one of those 10 Okay. Okay. And That's some good. people probably would say that is the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, uh, the point is that uh, consciousness is such a reality because of that immeasurability and other things. Right. That uh, I might have to disagree with uh, Dr. Ranade on this point. In order to assert its existence right. you have to be outside the system that's what you you said right otherwise yes. you can't right now consciousness is such that if you have to assert its existence you can do it only from inside within it inside. within, within it. it there's right. no non circular way of proving that you are conscious right you right. have to be conscious in order to prove that you are conscious right uh, yes it's, right it's like as impossible as uh, jumping out of your own skin right so that is a problem and that's the interiority or internality of uh, consciousness right. if i may interject for a moment yes. uh, uh, because i'm uh, it's pertinent to this conversation one of the definitions of spirituality which is uh, i think one of the most uh, i would say most uh, widely interpreted or misinterpreted uh, phenomenon mm-hmm. is the highest state of consciousness is when consciousness becomes conscious of itself consciously and in fact one of the religious scriptures that we have we come across is uh, there's a word in marathi is called swasamvedya which means that the consciousness is becoming aware of its own self it becomes conscious of its own consciousness and it is at that point in time that as professor barua rightly said that if it we we have to be conscious to be realizing what consciousness is about it's absolutely right but then in that case i think we could either call that as being having the uh, developing the faculty to transcend consciousness to understand consciousness or to use that to see its own self as in one of the corollaries given or one of the similes given is that can the eyeball which is an ob- which is actually seeing the entire outer world can it see its own self right right and, right and right. that in my opinion is what uh, consciousness becoming aware of its own self is uh, all about so uh, uh, you know we, we, we just, yeah uh, put not on his point also with yeah. girdles in completeness or am actually the key to that is that it is it is uh, to be formulated within the the language of the uh, of the of, system of, the axioms are to be first within order, yes. uh, right. uh, yes. system only yes. correct so so yes. i think his point is uh, the axioms are to that, be inside you know, even yeah. godel's theorem is actually formulated within that within system. the within and the and we can look at it from a side so the correct correct but I, i i that i think very interesting the distinction i'd like to become a little more clear about what you say the distinction between consciousness and awareness yes so wh- what is it that you have in mind there uh if i could probably uh, use a little more uh, a different semantic platform okay. because uh, the, i do believe we can have cross platform yeah, talk please. exactly yeah. uh consciousness is something that transcends sub- the subject and object dichotomy okay and awareness is something that remains in the realm of in a subject, subject and object okay. dichotomy okay. Yeah. Right, right. So, so you right. could say that consciousness is a superset of awareness, mm-hmm. and uh, or awareness is a subset of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Because awareness necessarily yeah. implies the awareness of uh, of something. That means uh, either self awareness or I'm aware of some object or I'm aware of my own self. But consciousness is more generic. 
So Deepak, for example, if we were to go to your territory and if if if, if there were to be a case of autism, or schizophrenia, yeah. or someone were to be in coma, what exactly happens? Is is that a good place to understand the difference between consciousness and awareness? Is is what happens to a person in coma? Can we think of that from the standpoint of the concepts that we're thinking about: consciousness, certainty, existence, awareness? uh my What? answer to that would be that uh, when we are looking or trying to define consciousness uh, as in the uh, in the colloquial uh, uh, yeah. application of that word then it becomes a very narrow spectrum that we are looking at when we are trying to define consciousness because it's in the very narrow spectrum which implies that if i am conscious as per if i use the standard parameters of consciousness it means that i am aware of my own self mm-hmm. i am aware of my environment also Mm-hmm. and i am also interacting with it all these three things right right so right. then when we are talking of uh, in the in the clinical context if one were to say if you were to ask me mm-hmm. that if uh, and in fact i am a neurosurgeon and uh, we have been time and again uh, been reminded that even in very deeper planes of anesthesia when we are doing surgery on a patient right we right. have to be careful of not saying something negative because we are still not knowing the patient might be anesthetized but he may not be unconscious right he still might be right. in a position to understand what's being said he may not react to it 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 might be that he's exposed uh, only his subconscious is exposed so deepak when yeah. someone is under anesthesia yeah. what is working and what is not working Uh, what happens it's a very big mystery as to what exactly happens during anesthesia yeah but what has been found out is that they have planes of anesthesia okay so when we talk of a, a, a superficial plane an intermediate plane and a deeper plane okay uh, depending on which is usually related to the dose of medication given okay but it has been found out that one it it causes an extreme degree of analgesia that is decrease in the pain uh, mm-hmm. or uh, ability to perceive pain mm-hmm. and uh, it induces is a way, uh, in fact the most commonly used was sodium pentothal which is a barbiturate it is like a sleeping barbiturate, pill yeah, barbiturate yeah yeah so it was sodium yeah. pentothal which was one of the drugs it was invented in 1934 mm-hmm. and it was the it's, it's basic fundamental is that it gets rapidly absorbed in the fat in the body mm-hmm. and it causes a pro, uh, extensive depression of the central nervous system so it is basically a barbiturate uh, which de- like a sleeping pill that we take so it is probably a very deeply deep uh, level of sleep that is attained in a very short period of time along with analgesia is that linked to this uh, concept of hierarchy of consciousness that you were talking about a while ago uh, 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 it stands to reason that if one were to see in a, from a neurological or from neurosurgical perspective we talk of a person being conscious a person being drowsy a person being stuporous person being unarousable person being uh, semi conscious person being uh unconscious and person being uh, deeply unconscious uh, uh, comatose and then locked in and then vegetative so we have these many right. levels of consciousness right so right. by that logic i mean it's just uh, using like professor what, as a, it's beautiful and so what happens in the vegetative state in the vegetative state the example is if a person's uh, maybe brain dead he has no functions of the brain but no, he's on no the ventilator and he's on the ventilator his what heart is beating what does it mean to say that there's no function of brain because there are uh, certain ways of assessing the brain stem function as in uh, like for example we have a, a phenomenon called the called as doll's eye movement okay. so even in an unconscious patient if i jerk the head from one side to the other mm-hmm. there's a, uh, the a instinctive response to keep the eye. eyes focused in the front it moves in the opposite yeah. direction so these are those so these are basically very primal instincts which have right. not got anything to do with consciousness so neurons are still firing so certain aspect the brain stem is firing Brain the brain is uh, divided into uh, the uh, the um, telencephalon which is the upper brain right. and then the mesencephalon that is the mid brain and the rhombencephalon which is the right. hind brain mm-hmm. so the mesencephalon is where the uh, brain stem is so the, the person would be vegetative because his, there's no brain stem function but his heart is beating and right. his organs are getting blood supply so he is vegetative right so right. uh, by that right. logic if i if i if there's a descending hierarchy to consciousness uh-huh. logic is only going to tell me that there has to be an ascending level of consciousness as well that's very interesting and so when yeah. when we talk of an ascending level of consciousness it might when we see some of these yogis or some of these uh, uh, saints who mention spiritually that they they experience a sense of oneness 
ब्रेन in to locate uh, transcend- god in transcendental states yes what <laughs> exactly happens in transcendental states like yes. meditation yeah yeah and what they found out was that they in advanced meditative states where there is a sense of oneness mm-hmm. they found out that there was a very low level of activity in the superior parietal lobule or the precuneus as they called mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and when they then they started f- finding out analyzing f- that what is the exact role of this precuneus mm-hmm. and surprisingly they found out that the precuneus or the superior parietal lobule that it, uh, that is also called uh, yeah. uh, precuneus yeah. is a part of the superior parietal lobule its function was specifically to demarcate where me the, the geographical and the psycho- uh, geographical me right. my, my physical right. body where does me physically me. end and where the universe begins right right and right so that is right. kind of helping define me in terms of my body in terms of my ego in terms of whatever that that defines me that's very helpful and that's this precuneus once that is inhibited it's right. that function of that or the firing of that is inhibited then there is a sense of oneness which is described so which where that the boundary the, between me and the universe does not exist anymore it's beautiful bijoy what is ego what is ego where um in the psychological or psychoanalytic sense the, 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 there is a very definite meaning mm-hmm. uh but uh, in a, in a, I, in a and more, in a philosophical in a more philosophical sense i would way. say yeah. the ego um, we talk about the uh, the problem of egocentricity that's right there's a uh, everything is centered on the ego mm-hmm. so i think uh, it could be defined in terms of the uh, the the pronominal accusative me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is this meanness mm-hmm. uh how is that meanness acquired okay that that i think is uh, is a is a fairly complex metaphysical story but I, i i would like to make it as brief as possible <laughs> uh it's very interesting william james yeah yeah 100 years ago he d- drew a distinction between i and me oh wow and it's not yeah. just a grammatical distinction there is a grammatical distinction but there is Uh, a distinction of a more metaphysical sort although william james was so the not me really is the other well definitely the me cannot be the other because after all the me is the also other. a self yes yes okay. yes so within the same self you have the i aspect and the me aspect mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. the i self and the me self and mm-hmm. james says it is the self as subject and the me is the self as object right it is right because the right. i is a perspective the first person perspective right and right. the first person perspective is always on something right okay. of course of i have course. right now a first person perspective on you on him on him of course of course and the rest of the world of course but if the first person perspective is not on others but on what i call myself then it's me then the, the me is the object right. i is the subject Right. So the subject object dichotomy which is an a sort of internal duality it exists within this unitary subjectivity. So for the rock the i and the me is the same is it? For the rock there is no i, I there, is, there no is no me, me because it doesn't have a point of view. Right. Iness is a point of view. Of course. Okay? Of From course. a subject stance. The rock is not a sub- subject. It's an in itself. And therefore it has neither i nor me. and therefore i think to come back to the point of certainty with which you yes, began yes 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 uh if we have to uh, ascertain uh, the existence of the rock yeah. or any object yeah then the theory of theory of ascertainment yeah of that existence is an, is an objective theory you have a theory in terms of causal explanation reference to the laws of nature and so on and so all on that so on the science is very right. much used right. to right when it comes to on the other hand the ascertainment of 
one's own existence, I mean conscious existence, mm -hmm. there is no such thing as objective certainty. You cannot ascertain the existence of yourself right. as a subject from outside, right. from some objective standpoint. Right. It has to be subjective certainty. Right. That's why I think Descartes said, right. I think, therefore I exist. This I think is the subjective the subject uh, act of consciousness how, whereby how, how, what is dasein what what is what is being what is dasein i think heidegger's dasein is how is that different is is different from descartes mm -hmm. uh, precisely in the sense that uh, heidegger attacked the dualism of descartes right. the 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 immaterial mind and material body dualism of Descartes. Right, right, Because right. by saying uh, being is being in the world, Dasein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the I, the, the being of the I has been assimilated to the being of the world. There is no such mm. thing as a separate metaphysically independent I yeah. uh, that yeah. stands against the world. Yeah. It's very much... Uh, so it's more phenomenological. In the world. It's, it's, yes, it's kind yes, of yes. mixed in there. It is right. mixed, yes. Right. It is, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think it is it is an attack on dualism. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Is it is it possible to think without being conscious? Certainly it is, right? Dr. Jaitley? Is it possible to think? Is it possible to exist without being conscious? It it certainly is. I mean the rock is Existing, it's not conscious. I think we, we kind of agree on that. Um, Freud yeah. says that it's possible mm. to think without being conscious of thinking. Ah. So there is subconsciousness. Yeah, but I think you, would, you would attribute the, that activity of thinking to the dynamic unconscious. The dynamic unconscious, unconscious. of course. 98% yeah. of yes. whatever right. neural so activity being unconscious. Right. Would that be correct, Deepak? Uh, A significant... Um, percentage 98 99% of the neural activity would be unconscious would no actually it's much contrary to what uh, was normally believed that mm -hmm. uh, before the advent of uh, pet scanning and uh, fmri or the functional mri right that uh, we normally talked of us using only 8% of the brain and uh, yeah yeah well it has been found out that um, the 100 billion neurons there are uh, they more, are, they more are they're constantly than stars in the world. yeah, and they're, they're constantly they're constantly firing randomly. Uh, so it's it's more I think consciousness is more a global kind of an activity because unfortunately there is no specific locus of consciousness that is defined or so described in the brain. So neural correlates of consciousness do they exist? It's hard. It's hard in to fact, say. I I I'm more inclined to nowadays believe that. Uh, the neural correlates of cons if there were neural correlates of consciousness then probably a unicellular amoeba would not be conscious and or it would beautiful. not interact with the environment because that's it beautiful. is conscious yeah so if yeah. in the, the if consciousness can exist in the absence of uh, so called uh, neural uh, tissue or nervous yeah. uh, corre correlates yeah and uh, i think then what what might be happening is that more than a nervous system, I think what what is innate to any living cell is an intelligence. And where does that lie? Like, for example, a zygote, a yeah, cell, the amoeba you speak about. It has an intelligence. And unfortunately, if one were to look at it, that the nervous system developed or became more complex uh -huh. as, a, as a consequence of uh, some sort of an evolutionary process to make the response that much more... Uh, to increase the speed of response or to increase the complexity of the response. So the nervous system is not a necessity. Uh, yes. For, right. Because right, if one right. were to see that uh, the speed of response for a cell vis-a-vis -vis the speed of response uh, of a person with a, a highly evolved nervous system, yeah. there would be a difference in that at the most. But other than that, uh, its ability to perceive or its ability to be conscious uh, that uh, that amoeba would not be able to take a decision of maybe engulfing something by right. uh, as food unless right. it were to be conscious enough to realize that it is hungry. Right. So right. consciousness is not necessarily uh, dependent on neural correlates. Right. It is something more fundamental. Right. Consciousness is something which is and to that extent 
that is my that gives greater credibility to the the fact that i mentioned earlier that even the so called inanimate objects that we believe are inanimate may have a consciousness of their own which we which does not fit into the narrow spectrum of what we label as conscious yeah. but they might be consciousness of a different level a which kind, is, which yeah. we cannot fathom or which yeah. we have not figured out as yet yeah but yeah. but yeah. i think yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. that if please. i can because yeah, uh, I, i thought about the question you no, were no, saying go ahead go ahead so i would like to uh, bring in uh, turing's famous paper on this because uh, yeah of course uh, i mean artificial you know, intelligence turing test his, his uh, question is can uh, can machines think yeah right yeah. and and, yeah. uh, and uh, so Uh, now i don't know what what kind of concept he had of consciousness but if if someone were to say machines can't think because they're not conscious then he would probably say but how do you know they're not conscious you know, see, yeah, he, he would say that <laughs> but 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 uh, but the thing is that he is a turing test so so yeah, i think thinking yeah, and yeah. consciousness are probably different for him because if they were right, the same right. he would he would he wouldn't have started with the question that where do uh, we stand thinking. on that do machines think according to turing yes and but according turing was to, a long time ago. i i think yes yeah <laughs> you, you think <laughs> machines <along>. think <laughs> yeah no yeah machines okay. think but they may not necessarily be conscious the way we define it see we can define say there can be a lot of post hoc type of reasoning here you can Correct. define thinking as what humans do Okay, yeah. Then machines can't think, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, so 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 somewhere we have to have a definition of thinking which is not restricted just to human thinking. Yes, of course, that's a good you point. You know, and yeah. because yeah. if you define thinking and somewhere you kind of uh, you know bring in human thinking and then you're sort of begging the question, then of course Correct. machines can't think. You know. Correct. Correct. So, so this Correct. is, I think. Correct. 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 Bijal, what so do you have to say to that? Does a machine or to be more specific a computer exist is it conscious uh, does it think well, does well, something occur there well i think the the notion of thinking yeah and its relation to the notion of consciousness that is a tricky relation of course uh, of course uh, the the tendency uh, with artificial intelligence is to make thinking independent of consciousness Because yeah. thinking, after all, is uh, the function of a semantic system. Yes, it's just a process. System, right? Yes, right, uh, right. And the, the uh, a conscious system could also be a semantic system, but the semantic system need, need not, not be a be conscious, a conscious system. system. So artificial systems are non-conscious semantic systems. To right. that extent, there is that autonomy of thought from consciousness. On the other hand, if it is thinking on the part of a conscious system like us. What's the difference between the computer thinking and our thinking? Yes. And uh, yes. there I think uh, there's a vital difference. The difference is uh, a certain kind of thinking may not be possible for non-conscious systems, especially those thoughts which have uh, a what uh, that famous New York philosopher Thomas Nagel says there's a what it is like to be a bat uh, yeah yeah what the is like to be a bat article <laughs> what is it like to be a bat so it uh, needs Nagel's a minimum module of logic does it that i don't know what that right. means but right. but the point is uh, if i am a conscious being mm. um, conscious thinking being or conscious emotional being that means there is something that it is like for me to be that being right so every thinking is a thinking as it were from my point of view right. and i i, I right. feel it certain way that's not the case with a computer it thinks perfectly but there's nothing like uh, it's the not feeling being of thinking. a computer yeah is it being a computer a computer is not being a computer it just thinks well, it just no it is a being in the sense of the uh, the table is a being it's a being for it, uh, in itself so not being computer for being maybe maybe you're going to get to a stage that they're computer being just like human beings well i mean being is a general term of course it's a term right just because we talk about human being doesn't mean that beingness is very particular to humans <laughs> no, even the uh, dust particle that your that your example is a yeah, being of course right right uh, right but uh, the nature of these two beings i think sarts distinction being for itself and being in itself itself is very beautiful. crucial and and right. consciousness is responsible for mm-hmm. for itself character of being no consciousness means 
uh, it's uh, in, in itself. Now, doctor, under this point, yeah. there is a hierarchy of consciousness. Yeah. And it yeah. may come down to as low as, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> as high as, okay. That, a yogi or whatever. Yes. Right. right, right. And in this higher, lower, uh, the hierarchical uh, line, mm -hmm. uh, we may even wonder whether a stone yes. is potentially conscious. Absolutely. I mean, yes. but, but yes. of course, that's uh, uh, maybe giving too much of a benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no, but Gaia theory, for example, <laughs> right? The organic would be done and then inorganic yes. would come below that. Yeah, but right. I'd, uh, I'd right. like to bring right. one point right. uh, about uh, you mentioning about I and me. Yes. Uh, I'd, uh, uh, I'd like to uh, give my point on that. There is a, a background of amnes. Mm. Amnes. Amnes. Right. Mm. right. Am. I am. Now, that amnes yes. is actually the I. Because it is only on the background of that amnes that this construct of me can take shape. If that amnes were not there, me would not exist. And like the so point I, which... I is a prerequisite I, for I, me. Yeah, I is actually the amnes. And right. what you were mentioning about a person who's probably a deaf and dumb and a mute person... He, he would probably, his I is definitely there because that amnes is definitely there. Maybe the me may not be so well formed as what it might be you and me. Yeah. And I yeah. would like to go one step further and say that um, I would be uh, uh, the antithesis of Descartes <laughs> and say that I am, therefore I think, think. that I am not. <laughs> because this... <laughs> I am, therefore yeah. I think... That I am not. That I am not. So I think that because I, I in, in my... <laughs> that, in my that is actually uh, <laughs> probably not an antithesis because, you know, uh, uh, Joy knows this better, that uh, is, um, this uh, Descartes argument has yeah. been under heavy criticism and, and within absolutely. philosophy as to does he mean it as a statement, yeah. does he mean yeah. it as an argument, is it a deductive argument, doesn't seem to be a deductive argument, how can you go from absolutely. one premise to a conclusion? Absolutely. So to me, it's, it is a more of an abductive argument. That means I, I think presupposes existence. So, so, it's yes. an, so, right. so, so right. that way it is not antithesis. What you're saying is that, he said that the same thing. I can't think unless I exist. Yes. We call yes. it today now the best explanation. Absolutely. The best explanation of my thinking is my existence. Existence. You know? Right. So right. So the, right. The causal relation is that way. So. But uh, Pradarshi, is there a misunderstanding in that famous dictum, Kogito Ergo Sum, or...? Um, no, I think it's an interpretation. It's you know? an I mean, interpretation. I don't think it's necessarily a, a misunderstanding. Yeah, mm -hmm. This is a... Right, uh, right. Uh, Deepak, let me ask you, what is it like to be dead? I mean, none of us have work experience of mm, being dead. Mm, uh, yeah. But in that hierarchy of consciousness, in that hierarchy of existence, and a lot of these words are very different and same in the same at the same time. When one is dead, yeah. does one just immediately drop to a certain level of consciousness, which is... Actually, death is one of the most misunderstood and misconstrued phenomenon, in my opinion. Like, for example, I'll tell you there is... Neurologically, in, in, what happens? Yeah. When I'll just dies. give you a slight, uh, a slight more... Uh, I'll try to widen the definition of death initially to then help explain yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There is a, a phenomenon called as apoptosis. Okay. Uh, apoptosis, which happens in cells. Mm -hmm. Now, apoptosis is a phenomenon by which the cell has the intelligence that it should die. It it, has the, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's a premonition? Or it, is, it is a program. It is an intelligence that tells the cell that now it should die. Mm -hmm. And that cell takes a call that it is going to die. So it and decides that it has to yes, die. Yes, it, it, it yes. It literally decides yes, that it has it to die. Yes, it decides that it has to die. Wow. The reason mm. is because if you can imagine that when there is, uh, when we are, as, as a... Because um, our cells are regenerating all the they're time. They're regenerating. Correct. That's one. And secondly, even in the embryological development of the person, you, you can imagine that if one has to have a specific form that a, a particular yeah. organ or the limb has to take, yeah. it has to involve a process of sculpting. And that sculpting cannot happen by unless some cells have to be removed from that particular mass of yeah. developing embryos. Yeah, yeah. So uh, apoptosis is something which is a very fascinating uh, concept on which biologists and neurobiologists are working on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, if you ask me, to me death... Is like the a modern day advanced, collective apostasis. No, in fact, uh, with the modern day kind of gadgetry that is available, 
वी हैव द फेसिलिटी ऑफ कीपिंग अ पर्सन अलाइव इन स्पाइट ऑफ हिम बींग ब्रेन डेड we yeah. face this so often yes so that yes. raises the question that what happens to his consciousness is he yes. conscious yes. we ask this question pretty regularly that the person's heart is heart rate is you there is yeah, it's a big question yeah. yeah so the question that i think comes to my mind is that death to me if one were to look at it from a very metaphysical and a, from a uh, from a very holistic uh, yeah. approach yeah yeah would be the l- loss of intelligence of that particular organism so the death of apostasis is the death of intelligence of intelligence or death of that particular program right which is actually animating that particular life form because if you look at a person if you look at intelligence the uh, a, a very broad spectrum definition of intelligence is an ability to adapt yeah because so even if you look at the it world around you adapt. Yeah. because if like if i know i have to go to the iit like where you are probably the alumni of then i know that this this is the system that works over there and if i can adapt myself best to that system and incorporate it into my the way yeah. i wanted to then yeah. i can get into there yeah so yeah. basically the prima prima facie what is the hallmark of uh, a living being or yeah. a living animal is is not its being alive as in just consuming uh, oxygen and nutrients but its ability yeah. to adapt Adapted. and its ability to respond to the environment yeah so yeah. the that's ability of the that's individual to not respond to the environment uh, for whatever reason it may be we will actually be the signing death sign, like signing the death warrant of that person yeah, because that yeah, person is yeah, now yeah. so if you look at the vulnerability of a person who's on a ventilator he's virtually so vulnerable for every single thing correct so correct. he is actually propped up uh, only his animus is propped up but his uh, he is no longer having that vitality That's and i think That's and the lack of vitality is, is tantamount is, is to the lack death. of intelligence and yeah. is is tantamount to his lack of inability to respond to the environment yeah and yeah. that in my opinion i think should be uh, viewed and considered when we are reframing our understanding of death right right pradarshi what 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 is death to you what is death to from a philosophical standpoint what is is there such a thing as being dead is there such a thing as being dead um, being in the sense of being the way we thought of it in the context of bijoy what bijoy what is being dead is it possible to be dead or one something is just dead well <coughs> oh, I mean, these, uh, there it, is, it could all be just play yes, a word for all you know yeah. there is there's a there's a plain contradiction yeah in, in being in, dead in being dead in being dead in being and dead the phrase being dead so oxymoron yeah. you've lost your being you've lost I mean, your being uh, yeah. when you were dead yeah. you've lost your being yeah. unless you mean the dead body the being of the dead body the being unless of the dead body that. is different But yeah the, the 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 living being but if we mean by being the living being then being dead is a contradiction in terms yeah now uh, death is not part of an experience okay you yes. you have experience until death yes so uh, to me death is the very limit of life right it's the outer limit of life right uh, right so between birth and death i have the life what would an existentialist say when one says existence precedes the sense mm. right mm-hmm. does okay. it does it end the other way around what happens oh existence precedes essence uh would mean that uh you are when you were born as a conscious being i mean you're in a way the main thing about you is your consciousness yeah minus yeah. consciousness your being is just like any other being yeah. but because of that consciousness uh you are uh, something different and this consciousness has the nature of uh, uh translucency that means it is so clear to itself that's beautiful and, yeah and yeah. it has to begin with it has no content consciousness has no content it's like pure light wow and <laughs> <laughs> but then is dead there, trans- I'm sorry i'll uh, let you complete there, that it's yeah, there is yeah. there is this this extra thing which is that you have to make choice yeah yeah uh, because you have to uh, live in the world and living means making choice, choice. so f- you decide choice, decide and you when decide. you begin to decide your empty consciousness begins to accumulate content yeah and those contents create your essence yeah so existence precedes essence means 
the the way you exist by yeah. making decisions with your uh, prior empty consciousness yeah. creates the essence. Yeah. And and that's what uh, makes you eternally responsible for each choice, each decision you make. Yeah, you so, deserve the face you have at the age of 50, as Sartre said or whatever. <laughs> and that's why Sartre said, yeah, we yeah. are condemned to be free. Condemned Condemnation be free. in the sense that you were thrown into the world. You didn't come on your own choice. You're right. You were right. thrown into the, the world. world. But having been thrown into the world with consciousness, <laughs> You are condemned is, is, to make is there, choices. Is there, is there some kind of an opposite of apostasis at work there? When one is being born, when one goes from being a zygote to... Actually, uh, I'd like to mention one very interesting experiment to you. It was, it was a very, very controversial experiment uh, performed by one Dr. Libé. Uh, right, uh, which mm. was uh, in the 50s, I think. Benjamin right. Libé? Benjamin Libé. Benjamin yeah. Libé. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. Can you tell you about yeah, the experiment? Yeah, please go ahead. They actually, what they did was they connected the brain of a subject uh, yeah. to uh, an electro uh, electroencephalogram, yeah. and they EEG. also connected mm. yeah EEG, and they also connected his limb to a uh, electromyogram, which detected muscular contraction. Right, right. And they said that uh, they told the subject to randomly move his hand uh -huh. uh, whenever he felt like it, uh -huh. and as what as would be expected, that there was uh, a spike into the electroencephalogram first which detected the thought yes that i have to move the hand before followed the, by which before followed, the yeah, followed by which there was a latency period of the time required for that thought to reach that signal to reach the electromyogram right. the muscle and then the muscle would contract right so so far the experiment was all right but to their chagrin they found out once they were analyzing the tracings that even a few hundred milliseconds or uh, hundred or uh, sixty milliseconds before that spike of the decision to move his hand came was recorded on the electroencephalogram. There was what they called as a potential uh, wave of potential wa potentiation wave, right? Which right. meant that it preceded that thought also of moving the hand. This kind of links with that free will determinism. Yeah. Yes. 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 Right. So it's against free will. It's against so free when will. you were talking about it's this conscious choice mm -hmm. of making a decision, mm -hmm. that's again against, where it again comes yeah. to the point that whether are we really making the, the, the yeah. decision and the choices out of free will yeah. or is there something that immediately at by a few hundred milliseconds precede every choice of ours which would probably indicate some sort of a fixed uh, destiny or a fixed outcome. Right. <laughs> so that is no, something which classic free will determinism yeah. problem. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Pradeshi. Uh, coming yeah, back please. to the question of what is death. <laughs> yes, I, that's beautiful. I, I'm slow. I think about it. <laughs> no, no. I no. like to uh, compliment both of them because I I like this idea of adaptability. Yeah. And I uh, I am a very hardcore physicalist, so I would uh, for different reasons I would agree with him that you can't experience death, right? Because, right. Right. Because there would be no physical activity, so that you know there's nothing to what, experience. What What would you say to out of body experiences? Uh, but we'll come but, to it but after that. I experience yeah. other people's death. See? Right. And and I'm right now personally experiencing my in-laws. One one just died. One is dying. So. So, so, right. so this experience partly is what he's saying. You, you see that yeah. adaptability is going. So even when they are supposedly yeah. alive, they're actually dead. You yeah. know, so, right. So, so right. And, I, and I would right. think if, let's say, if I was paralyzed, yeah. my body was paralyzed, then yeah. I, w I would be experiencing death in that yes, way. Yes, partly. If, if I just define it as a total bodily functioning. Yeah, and the and the complete cessation of it being death. You know, yeah, kind of a simple. And <laughs> Professor right. Baro, actually, there right. is one point that there have been people who have. Uh, I, I mean, I would probably uh, make a slight modification of what you're saying. That there have been people in our in my medical career I've seen who have Near death. experienced death. Yes, ah. they've, they've gone up to there. Mm. They have been this. They have been people who've been clinically dead for like four minutes, five minutes. When right. we are giving them cardiac resuscitation, mouth to mouth ventilation, and then they have recounted their experience of what it is like. What is it like? And there have been innumerable uh, references. One we can check. They they all talk of a tunnel experience where they say that right. they go through a tunnel. At the uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. They have at times even documented record uh, seeing sightings of near and dear ones who are there. Now, uh, how the, much uh, of that is conditioning, Deepak? How much of that has to do uh, with knowing the story? I mean, you not know, I being a hardcore right. scientific person, I would attribute it to other two things. One is, as you said, conditioning, and secondly, yeah. the so-called pure 
Maoists or the so-called uh, absolutely radical, uh, uh, I would say, the nihilists or I would yeah. not say nihilists, the atheists probably. They talk <laughs> of it as saying that this is some kind of a hypoxic states of the brain which generate this kind of a hallucination. Right. Which is also, right. I cannot, I can't write that off because right. uh, I, I, unless one experiences it one's own self. Right. But there have been uh, very, very well authenticated books written by, uh, I think there's one of them is Proof of Heaven, uh, right. which is written by one very right. famous neurosurgeon who was right. uh, uh, prolongedly semi-unconscious on the ventilator right. Uh, right. because of an, a very, very severe, uh, uh, absolutely life-threatening meningitis and how he recovered from that. It's beautiful. So there That's have beautiful. been people, I, I'm, yeah. 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 I, I, Please. Yes, to Go that. Ahead, very Please. nice. Yes. To that, uh, I have to say that uh, there is this notion of absolute death. That is to say, death in the absolute sense yes. uh -huh. and death in the partial sense. Uh -huh. uh, and if you take death in the absolute yeah. sense, yeah. it would mean that there is no possibility of there being an agent who can describe Claim. the experience of death. Right. Yes. Because right. death in the absolute sense so they did would, not experience also, death. would also mean death of, the, uh, death of agency. Death now, of agency, of course. In your examples, I would say Agency is very much there. You yeah. also said yeah. that yeah. I, right. I, you know, if I were paralyzed, yeah. I would right. experience death. Yeah, the agency yeah. would be there. Right. Agency is there, yeah. right. and if the agency is, survi is surviving, that means you are not. It's not absolute death. Absolute death. Uh, it's I not agree. a case of absolute death. Now, what it's you beautiful. have, both in his case and in Deepak's case, is I would say the intimation of moribund existence. Right. You have intimation right. of moribund existence. Right. You describe it in a very subjective way. Right. You know, from a very living experience. And your descriptions are more interesting, neurological or, or other right. descriptions. Right. That they have gone through the tunnel, tunnel. And, and all right. that. Right. It's some kind of intimation of moribund existence. Right. Very nice topic for research. <laughs> <laughs> Bijoy, why don't we spend the last two minutes just uh, understanding from you, and because you've done a lot of work in that area, that how does a fictional character exist? In what okay. sense does okay. a fictional character exist? Well, in a very plain sense, it, it, ex it exists in imagination. So okay. there's an intersubjectivity to it, uh, almost. Yeah, I, I, not really. I mean, it, I, it can I just be... I would say the, the, the f about fiction, the main uh, locus of its existence is what we call possibility. Possibility. Okay. Now, yeah. possibility is a very interesting notion which is to be compared with necessity. probability. Probability. Well, ne necessity, necessity, definitely. Obviously the necessity. other end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Possibility vis-a-vis -vis necessity and also probability. Right, now, right. Now, what is interesting is that science always works with probability. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, possibility <laughs> is too metaphysical for science. Okay. <laughs> so it doesn't work with possibility. But we philosophers... So fictional characters uh, are in the realm of possibility. In the realm of possibility, possibility. yes. Beautiful, and, beautiful. Uh, and the, but... Uh, you may wonder whether they are in the realm of probability. Right. If somebody yeah. might just question. You come out of uh, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the answer is that they are, they, they are not necessarily in the realm of probability because a lot of fictional entities are improbable. Improbable. I mean, uh, beautiful. Uh, Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. Yes, uh, turning you, into a woman. You, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> improbable, improbable, but not impossible. Impossible. It's possible. It's beautiful, beautiful. Okay. I think so that's a great me, note to. <laughs> yes. That's a great note to end our discussion on. It's been great having all of you. Um, thank you so much for coming. We hope to see you soon again. Thank, thank you so much. You. Take thank care. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. My pleasure. Bye.